0: One more
1: thing. Let's fucking party. Yeah! Oh my god! The wild beast inside you. Uh, beast inside me. Beast baby, beast, beast beast. Oh my god! Garbage. Garbage. The wild. Garbage.
0: Uh, Alright, this is Rare Encounter. Encounter number six. It's August 19th. How are you doing, Cold?
1: Not too bad. Uh well actually. I was a little angry earlier.
0: Oh boy, There's what
1: about this really slow person who is in front of me on my way back from the drive through when I was getting some food. Oh yeah. And Oh, just like 10 under the limit on a major street got me so mad. I started swearing in Quebecois. Ah, how
0: does one swear in Quebecois? A uh,
1: lot of churchy words. Ah, uh.
0: I had uh, Sir Matt uh, showed up on Hog Story right at the same time. I was listening to his uh, his entire show and he's got the Quebecois. He, he would know how to swear. No, he doesn't, oh, though. Yeah. He's an interesting I guy to listen to. I pasted some
1: of the things I said. I actually pasted some of the things I said into the No Agenda uh, troll room, mm-hmm. and he was very amused. Uh-huh. So I think I was doing it right.
0: There was... Uh... On uh... on Hog Story, we had... Uh... Did you get a chance to listen to the uh, the maps with uh, maps with Matt? Yeah, like like not uh, his appearance there, but the actual uh, show.
1: Oh yeah, I'm one of the people who's been nagging him constantly for the next episode.
0: Well, I'm gonna add myself to the naggers list because this uh, this show is exactly what I wanted, uh, and, and there were some segments on there I was just completely uh, blown away by because there's stuff that I run across uh, like the the. When you talk about the visual display of quantitative information, it's um, something that's often done wrong, and especially when you see the chart. When he was talking about, I think it was on episode two, he was talking about doing uh, charts that don't lie. So you're picking the colors that go in the charts um, to tell the truth about what your data is showing, and how do you uh, um, how do you present the data that in in a way that can be interpreted by a person looking at it? without you know tricking them into thinking something uh like, you know for example there's a million deaths when they're not just because you picked a a wrong color or if you had i think it's more specifically like if you have red red's an angry color you know you don't want to have a bunch of people with red all over their state because then they think it's worse but if you had a a color map that didn't have that you know there's different uh, implications yeah no i'm all for i think you should do a continue with the show but he said something where it took like eight hours to produce the uh, the episode because he had to write it all out
1: it's yeah a- that's one of the that's one of the things with that sort of uh podcast where it's uh, a lot of information being packed into it it can't be done extemporaneously like how we do things yeah i mean even uh even no agenda i think a lot of uh, a lot of it they've got They've got loads of notes, yeah, but Adam and John are pretty much just, like, off-the-cuffing everything because, well, you can't really do a dialogue when everything's all written in advance.
0: Yeah. I almost, I was thinking about doing a, uh, kind of a similar, like, a one-man show thing a while ago and write everything out and just basically read it. Um, But I think I I got it. I talked to Illuminati about it. Like on one one exchange, on one uh, thing, it sounded like it was a yawn fest, so I was going to leave it at home. And it was about the rivers. uh, It had something vaguely to do with maps. It was about how Google Maps is lying to you because they don't uh, make rivers prominent features on the the maps. And so if you zoom in, you can see, I think you had to zoom into a really fine detail uh, level before it would actually show you major rivers and major features of... uh, like for example in colorado and in uh if you go into kansas and nebraska you have the platte rivers and they define uh the civilization in the state like if you go and if you map the platte rivers you have a map of where all the major towns are and you have a map of where all the highways go because they all follow the rivers Uh, but when they don't expose it it's like you're missing the the context of the world which is you know they they basically show you the man-made roads and it's, uh, it's hard to discover things if you yeah. they don't actually show it on the map. So, yeah, Sir Mithieu, great job. I love it. And I want to talk to him more about there's a, there's a chance that um, I might be able to give him some cool information about uh, some modern. Because I've worked on with some kind of surveying kinds of equipment before. And I'd love to talk with him about the technical aspects of... Uh, when you have a GPS receiver, what's it really doing? Um, or if you're doing, uh, radio distancing, ranging, things like that, I think that'd be fun, but that's for another show, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Well, you definitely need to, uh, show up more often on any social then. Wow. Just, uh, chat with him on there or something. I need to get masked. So I used to be on there a lot. I think I invited you there.
0: I invited you there and then I never, uh, I used to go in, and then I actually... And then you fell off of it. I kicked all the uh, social media stuff off my phone, including Mastodon. I just did a, a wipe, and I, I said, well, I don't want anything that has a notification anymore. <clears throat> and so I didn't have the uh, the PC, you know, uh, a way to to access it on the computer, and so it wasn't popping up and telling me, hey, look at me, so I stopped looking at it. But I have it reinstalled on my, uh, my phone now, so I'm going to see if I can log back in and get back up to speed cuz I do remember it is better than Twitter. I I've been back on Twitter poking around and it's not there's not a lot of good things happening. It's just miserable sometimes. It's like for every one thing you see that's kind of amusing or interesting, there's like a thousand things you see that are just BS or people trying to ruin your yeah. day.
1: For me, I still go I still go check it once in a while, but a lot of the people that I do like to get news from who are on twitter have their accounts mirrored into into the fediverse anyways mm.
0: well i heard uh i was also listening to grumpy old ben's but i didn't finish their latest episode and something about uh i think they were, they were talking about the old days when apples didn't get a uh, apple computers never got viruses what they what they said and it got me on a uh a tear so i went back and watched a movie that i had a uh, a favorite from a couple of years ago that was the uh the steve jobs film now it wasn't uh oh,
1: i never saw that
0: it wasn't pirates of silicon valley and it wasn't the uh walter isaacson documentary uh right after steve jobs died they optioned like the walter isaacson's documentary the the there was actually i think there was a second book they were optioning about steve jobs and i don't think that made a movie but uh, right at the same time, funnier Die had put together a uh, a biography of Steve Jobs um, that they build as the first Steve Jobs movie, and it was called I, Steve. And the thing you need to know about it is they had Justin Long, who was in the, the I'm a Mac on a PC commercials. He played the Mac, and they got him to play Steve Jobs. Oh, jeez. Oh, uh, yeah. And they had uh, all the main characters, you know, from the uh, the major players show up in there. So they had uh, Bill Gates shows up. They had uh, Wozniak's there. He's played by... Uh, no, I can't remember his name. He's the fat guy in Lost. Um, and the, it's just... The running joke with Woz is he gets negged by everyone, everything he does. It's uh, I would recommend... I actually got some clips that kind of explain the... Uh, the uh, tone of the movie a little bit, so I think they had uh, Steve Jobs and Bill Gates meet on on a, on a set, and they get into a fight, and so here's a here's a little taste of what what you can expect. Bill. Ah! What's that for? Stay away from Melinda and stay out of my life. This isn't about Melinda, is it? You just can't handle the fact that I'm the one on top now.
1: I'm on top now.
0: <laughs> yeah. They get into a uh, so
1: something tells me that's not really how things went down.
0: <laughs> no, it' Bill, Bill, and Melinda in a fight. Out of
1: my way,
0: woman! Bill. <laughs> this, this is Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they get in a fist jobs and Gates in a bit of a stinking uh, fist fight. So they have, uh, but it's like a sissy fist fight. So they're uh, no, no, not the glasses! No, no! no. I never liked you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh
1: my god!
0: Yeah, and it has—it's like the history is there. Uh, the history is there, but it's hidden. So they—they—it's uh, almost like they tell the truth by uh, purposefully lying, so that they, they'll have like key facts are are just on purpose completely wrong. They'll have uh, because it's funnier that way. Um, but then, if you know the story, it's, it's kind of like if you know some of these stories, then uh, the, you know you get the joke. But and, and you can see they kind of play it uh, in a backhanded way. It's it's honest, but it's uh, I don't know. I would recommend it. And that's where the clip from the uh, uh, I the opening song that was the first clip on there was uh, Steve Jobs. Oh, one more thing. Let's fucking party. Yeah! <laughs> Oh boy, they had the uh, Dell guy was on there. He shows up. It, Dell the the character Dell Computers is just mm. a, it's just a guy. Like Dell is just a guy who is the caricature of Dell, and he meets uh, with Steve's in a depression. He's at he's at a honky talk bar. St- I don't know where the hell they found this place. Like, he's supposed to be somewhere in San Francisco, and it looks like he's in the middle of Texas. But he's at a honky-tonk, and this kid, Dell, and he's got, just to describe him, he's got, like, three polo shirts on, and all the collars are popped. And he has, uh, just like the... Well, you know, here's what he sounds like.
1: Dell, we're not trying to change the world. We're just trying to make cheap-ass computers for cheap-ass college dudes. You know? We may not be the smartest at Dell, okay? But we got fucking hustled, bro.
0: Ballin'. Fuck everyone else. Fuck helping people out. You wanna help someone out? Become a fucking nurse, bro. In this world, it's all about
1: making that money, honey. Sweet, sweet coin. But I'm just like Steve Jobs, you know? I dreamed a dream. My dream came true.
0: Hey, you wouldn't happen to know where to get some fucking pussy around here, man? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. No, I'd recommend that. I don't know where you watch. I found it on some streaming site cuz I couldn't find a way to watch it, but they uh, premiered on like YouTube or they've premiered it on the just free streaming on the internet, but I guess that streams down. It never got a theater release, but it's a full-length movie. It's worth watching. Yeah, especially if you if you know like the history of computers.
1: Oh, by yeah, uh, that's that's going on to the watch list.
0: Yeah, I had some uh, uh, notes of old business from last time I wrote down from uh, last episode. Oh, does
1: it does it include uh, does it include the uh, stuff about uh, the Adobe sign metadata?
0: No, I did not get anything on that.
1: Oh, because Sir Bemrose himself informed me that we were looking at the wrong episodes notes it was episode 84 not 85 where they were discussing it which hmm. is why we couldn't find the link
0: so did you get the link
1: i got the link it'll be in the show notes for this episode ah
0: oh, that'll be good i've been meaning to to follow up on that too but it's you know i looked around once i couldn't find anything so I was things seemed to move on oh i had a When we were talking about uh, uh, music, I couldn't remember the Dutch... The Dutch woman with the power glove is what I said. I was talking about Imogen Heap, who's not Dutch. I had to look her up. I had to remember... eh? Yeah, she was the one who did... She was in Fro-Fro with... uh, And they did one album. But then she did... um, She did a bunch of solo work. I loved her... uh, I think she had three solo albums. She had that song on... uh, I think it was the OC where it was uh, when every time, every time someone got shot, they go, mm, what you say? Ooh, that, you know, they had that. uh And then they did yeah. Saturday night at life. That's her. That's one of her songs. I
1: was wondering why the sound, why the name sounded familiar.
0: Yeah. And so her power glove is, she has this, um it's like a, it's like a power glove. It's a, it's a, glove with some accelerometers and buttons and stuff inside it and i think she has two of them and so she does live effects at her concert like um where she can do gestures to do things like increase echoes and sample parts of her own singing and then play them back with uh, filter sweeps and things like that but she does it with uh, um just gestures with these gloves and she does it at concerts and she does you know live performing uh like mixing her own audio with these uh, with these gloves on, it's pretty cool to watch. We'll get a, a clip for that uh, and put it in the show notes. If you remind, I'll write it down. I got a yeah. pen, pen and paper now, so I can take notes. Yeah, yeah I wanted to put that out because she's not Dutch, apparently. I don't know why I thought she was. I guess she kind of looked mm. Dutch. Well, she's English, apparently. Indeed. There was also—I uh, don't want to bring up everything from last show, but one of the Gainix shows you mentioned—I didn't—I uh, didn't catch what you said when we were talking, but I, on the listen, when I was trying to make sure everything sounded right, so I, I went through and listened to the episode, and uh, you said Royal Space Force when we were talking about Gainix anime. Yeah. I did not recognize the name because I knew it by a different name, which was Wings of Honey Mayonnaise. Which is what we called it back in the uh, in the day.
1: Yeah, it's got, like, two names, and it's, like, one's the regular name and the other's the subtitle.
0: Yeah. But that was a fun one. I forgot how good that, that uh... I need to watch that. I think I might have a copy s- scrolled away somewhere. But that was, uh... Let's see, that was about the test pilot who, uh... Yeah. There's, his country's trying to build a rocket, and, uh... He's in the test pilot squad, which is kind of a joke because they've never been able to build a rocket, let alone one that can carry a person. And so, being in the test pilot group basically means you get to sit around in the uh, green room all day, and you, nothing ever has to happen. So it's like the the uh, the lazy man's paradise. And so they're you know kind of losers, and they're joking about stuff all day. Meanwhile, the war is going on, but they're you know they're safe in the green room. And then the unthinkable happens. The scientists actually come up with a rocket. They have to figure out who's going to fly it, so that's the premise of the movie. It's a early animated film by Gynix. It's a wonderful movie, too. Yeah. So what have you been up to? You watching anything, doing anything?
1: Yeah, I've been trying to keep up to date on things. Uh... How about that uh, latest episode of Peter Grill? Are you caught up?
0: Uh, that was the one with the... Uh, what's her name? Uh, not Piglet? The pig, Piglet. Yeah, Piglet. Yeah. Jeez. It, <laughs> this, Peter Grill currently is uh, my favorite show of the season. Though I like Uzaki-chan. I don't... For example, I had the choice. Uh, I was either going to watch an episode of Uzaki-chan or I was going to watch Peter Grill. Uh before the show, I, don't, I really only had time to watch one earlier. And so I said, well, I w- I'd rather watch Peter Grill because I think it's uh, at least it's funner. Also, it's shorter.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a uh, half length episodes.
0: Yeah, I like her uh, her eyes always her uh, pupils always change when she's talking to. So she they turn into hearts when she's. Uh... But it's not it's not like they're jumping out of her head. It's just like a subtle thing. Her eyes keep changing. The Her uh, pupils keep changing shapes yeah that was funny when i i I don't know how long it was going on but i noticed it halfway through the episode i was like okay that's stupid
1: i actually laughed out loud that was pretty wild at the end of the episode though i mean finding out like that uh she might be she might be cute but she's just as evil as any other orc in the end
0: yeah i'm trying to cue up the uh Oh, well, never mind. I was going to say I had the... There's a clip from the episode, but I can't find it now. It was uh-uh. just like a scream. Oh, I did get a... Uh, by request. Oh my god. <laughs> like Jojo. I found the, the compilation with a bunch. I thought that one was the best one, so I clipped it. Oh my god.
1: Not my chin, not my problem. That's what I say.
0: That's what I say.
1: Oh, dear God. You must register.
0: I also got that one.
1: <laughs> you, you must register.
0: You recognize that? No. I can't say that I do. That is from X-Wing, the uh, DOS game. When you try and uh, start playing, you have to enter your pilot name at the beginning. And if you, it's, the, the navigation menus are like a point and click adventure. And so you have to type in your name and then click on the door to uh go in the main passage to to you know choose what what you want to do in the game and if you don't uh type in a name first you get this guy yelling at you
1: you must register you, you must register he sounds kind of sad
0: yeah it's kind of good quality audio for um jeez what year did that come out that was 90s early 90s i think it's like 94 maybe i think x-wing shipped maybe on maybe even before that floppy disk I had a copy that was on a CD, but uh, I think it the original version actually shipped on uh, 3.5 Floppy. So there was X-Wing, and then there was TIE Fighter. Uh, X-Wing was, you know, the Rebel version. The TIE Fighter, I think, was a little bit uh, better of a game. The graphics were a little bit better, too. And then, uh, of course, they did the uh, probably the best one in the series which was X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, which was the multiplayer game. 1993. Mm-hmm. I'm getting off from, uh, yeah. DOS.
1: Games? You must register. Come
0: on. Some site I clicked on off from DuckDuckGo. Was it CD-ROM? Ah, well. But I thought of that because you had sent me, uh, what was it? Otacon was coming on? And it looked like they did. Uh, it, it, what that happened last weekend, right?
1: Uh, that was Otakuthon. Otakuthon in uh, in Quebec. Oh, I didn't.
0: Uh, I didn't look too much at it. I just clicked through the. Uh, you sent me the the pictures, and I looked at it. And I said, "Oh, the main page of their of their virtual convention looks exactly like the menus from uh, from X Wing."
1: You must register.
0: I guess DefCon came around too. Uh, I was talking to someone else in, uh, who uh, was in the IT and security kind of thing and he's going on about how he wanted to go to DEF CON and he always follows the thing and I guess they had a virtual conference this year so he told me it was called DEF CON safe mode and I actually went to look it up because I was, I was clicking around at work oh. over lunch and I said, yeah, I should look up see what happens at DEF CON these days and then of course it's, blo- it's blocked for hacking by the firewalls I said, oh boy, can't look at DEF CON <laughs> meanwhile the the presentation well, the presentation i was looking at was on uh voter machines and uh notes about uh how to secure uh, securely vote and how where the the vulnerabilities in these systems are and so i said oh that might be that's a topical thing to look at and so i clicked on it. it's nope this is a hacking blog you can't read it it's illegal
1: you must register Oh There's something I want god.
0: to, want to <laughs> Sorry, bring up. Sorry, I stepped on you.
1: Whoa. What was that? Oh my god. It was JoJo. Oh, or jo- Joseph Joestar.
0: Again. Yeah, okay. that was. I know
1: that, you, oh, I, I know that you're not watching SAO, but there was something with uh, one of the recent episodes that was driving me nuts. And I wanted to bring up last week. It just didn't. And that's... Uh, yeah, hit me. Uh, so there was there was a movie, there was a anime original movie that was done called Ordinal Scale. And they introduced a couple of characters from that movie into the series for shit that didn't happen in the light novels. So episode 41, they bring in these characters, Eiji and Yuna, who have never appeared in any of the anything. They're only in they're only in this anime original movie, and just it ground my gears, you know, because I've been reading the light novels from the from the get go, and just having like this anime original thing happening, just you know, just I'm triggered.
0: <laughs> well, you probably feel like uh, when the I remember when the Evangelion uh, remakes came out, the Evangelion, uh, you know, the 1.0, 2.0 or it was 2.22 and 3.33 or whatever those either no yeah because they introduced a new uh new character in there it was what was her name not mana i want to call her i always want to call her uh was it mana i think mana was the girl from the visual novel yeah she was from the girlfriend of steel vn which is the evangelion the first evangelion visual novel it wasn't Mana. What the hell was it? Mary. They
1: also renamed pretty much everybody. Oh yeah. Even the new is,
0: names. Why is Oscar have a new uh, family name? I don't know. Does anyone know? Because fuck it's, you. That's it's why. because <laughs> we're just doing shit to be weird now. There's no rhyme or reason. Yeah. It was Mary. It's pretty dumb. Mary was the the English girl from the from the movies. who never appeared anywhere before.
1: Mary. Yeah, it was Mari. No, I'm pretty sure she was uh, she was in the original series.
0: No, I don't think so. She never showed she up.
1: this one of the other she was this one of the other kids at the school?
0: No, uh this is a no, you're thinking of uh Toji's girlfriend. Uh, it's a different person. She's she's specifically from England.
1: Okay, yeah, that would be that would be different
0: than I bet. I'm I'm Pretty sure she only showed up in the movies. In fact, I, I'm positive because I've seen Evangelion way too many times. I don't remember ever showing up there. The, the visual novels, she didn't show up in that. It was just like, hey, here's a new character. Okay. Oh, well. Evangelion did need some refreshing, but that wasn't the way to do it. Like telling the same story for the fourth time.
1: I'm not even sure it really needed any refreshing.
0: Well, if they were going to do something with it, it, um, some of this stuff in like Evangelion, the, the remake movies all seem stale to me. It's, um, so they put in like a new character and they put a new coat of paint on it, but it's, um, I don't know. Something about it doesn't seem, um, credible. It's like a hacky thing to do. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've never been impressed. I think I watched the first. Let's see. I watched the first movie all the way through because uh, I had to, and the second one um, I kind of zoned out because I didn't like it that much, and that's the last I've seen. Seen some clips of the third. You know, when they they finally put the the lid on this thing again. Not that they ever will. I'll probably watch them all, but I'm just uh, not interested these days.
1: Yeah while we're on the topic of uh, original content how about uh how about bullshit translations
0: bullshit translations i've gotten
1: yeah okay so so here let me let me open with this uh, tweet from mark kern aka grums okay i don't know if you've heard of him or not
0: no i'm not familiar but,
1: uh Ah, uh, he used to work for Blizzard. He was one of the uh, he was one of the original guys on uh, World of Warcraft.
0: Ah, so and when Bill, I, I got to email Bill Roper. He he was writing me back, uh, and I think at, after he left the company, hold on, he Hold you sidetracking me. Oh, sorry, I don't know anyone after yeah. the Anyways. World of Warcraft era.
1: Yeah. Anyway, here's here's what he here's what he tweeted: anime translation as well as games. Should reflect the original artistic intent as closely as possible. This is what customers want. Nobody ever asks for more memes to be inserted in anime. That sounds about right. Yeah, but then you see like all this, uh, all this stuff that uh, Funimation and Crunchyroll have done, and Crunchyroll continues to do with injecting current memes and political bullshit into their translations at least for the dubs I don't know if it's the company driving it or if it's the VAs driving it and now that these companies are actually getting involved in production committees for the original production of these shows in Japan is like is this like some sort of uh, door in the f- or foot in the door for SJWs coming in ruining anime for good
0: Well I hope not. That's kind of the yeah. depressing
1: outlook. Um, I don't. Here's another tweet from Grums. If I might read it. Oh, go ahead. If you are adding U.S. culture and politics to your anime translation, you are a colonizer and are appropriating culture to <laughs> twist to your own Western values. Stop profiting from hijacking anime for your personal messages. Oh, boy. Yeah. So using using their own language against them. actually kind of makes me think of uh of when adam was suggesting on no agenda to like are you assuming i'm male oh yeah Uh, you use i you know i don't identify as something else
0: i'm shocked you would use your privilege (laughs) as someone who looks like he's done the work i'm shocked you would use your abuse Mm -hmm. your privilege even Well, you know, it's logic doesn't seem to factor into most yeah. of this stuff. It's not driven by reason, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah.
1: I don't know what to do about the industry and as though. And you pointed out, I mean, there's counterparts to it, counterpoints to it too. I mean, like you've pointed out ghost stories where well, they just decided to throw the whole thing whole thing out and do their own story.
0: So ghost ghost stories was completely transgressive though. It it didn't pretend to be anything but uh we're tearing up the script and do what we want and it uh
1: yeah also is also completely inappropriate and it it was funny There was a bridge series
0: yeah like uh what was the the biggest one was dragon
1: baller bridge was that it there were a few different bridge series i'm not sure which was the biggest
0: it's the one i remember everyone watching and like huddling around a laptop watching in the community college, uh,
1: cafeteria. So just like Yu-Gi-Oh! Bridge series. I think that might have been <laughs> the biggest one. I don't, uh, I
0: don't know what to do about the industry. I mean, you can just not subscribe to Crunchyroll if you don't like what they're doing. That's possible.
1: Honestly, if there were better ways to to get creators, because I mean, like, Pretty much piss all of what goes to companies like Crunchyroll and uh, and uh, Hulu and these other streaming services actually go to the creators at all, and what they what they add in isn't what isn't what anyone wants. I mean, these guys are making a strong case for going back to piracy for all the anime.
0: Yeah, um, I I was a. Crunchyroll member for a short period and to be honest they just didn't get that much out of it especially when you consider not every show that you want to watch is on there and then not the version of the show you want to watch might not be on there. Uh, case in point uh, some of the shows we were watching was it uh, was it Hexeros We had the uh, the super censored version on Crunchyroll? Yeah. So they always do that so they, don't, they won't even give you the um, what is it usually it's the uh, is it the mtx station uh, broadcasts or usually the late night anime broadcasts and so you ATX? want the x what was it atx um i was thinking about the 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 channel i thought it was uh it might be that i can't remember um but they usually yeah, I don't air think
1: twice it's mtx i'm pretty sure it's atx the um i know i've seen an atx watermark on a lot of anime i've seen
0: the, the point is they air multiple versions of it, and so you want the late-night version because it's the least cut down. And they don't always broadcast those yeah. on, on Crunchyroll. Sometimes you get this, basically the censored version or even the super-censored versions of things, which is irritating. Mm-hmm. They don't even tell you. Oh, and, you know, it's... Now that there's purity movements in anime for... Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. That was never what it was about it always seemed like it was this fun kind of this uh behind the mainstream and it and it was anything could happen you know all kinds of stuff you that wouldn't get on american tv would show up in the in anime they had plots that you would never even see because they were either too convoluted or they're transgressive in some way and then it became mainstream yeah well there's still it's like mainstream remember we were we were talking about the teens react to uh that awful video teens react to anime openings and it was all the most pedestrian crap that you could come up with it wasn't uh it wasn't even the highlights of the of the the medium it was like what was the the dumbed down least common denominator uh anime that it specifically the ones that aired in on a on one channel in the u.s which is a cartoon network i'm, I'm sure they were also broadcast abroad but it seemed like everything was the Cartoon Network catalog.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then you don't know that they may they have had a deal with... Uh, in the background to get promote some of these things. Like, I always suspected uh, some of these YouTube channels, they do the... What do they call it? Uh, now I can't think of the word. Uh, uh, marketing, where you, you run something as content when it's really a commercial. That's all over YouTube.
1: Yeah, oh, it's been discussed on no agenda so many times. And I can't the, remember I, the, the term for yeah, it. I'm last
0: it was uh, something a native ad. That was it.
1: Na- yes, native ad. It
0: was on the tip there of my go. tongue. No, that's a uh, rampant on YouTube. There's no disclosures. You go to any one of these videos, and they, they, they'll even have uh, just people doing product reviews and not saying that they're uh, that they're getting paid, or you know, you'll find out later uh, that they're actually receiving all their products without disclosing it and some people do but not everyone does and there's some of them you'll wonder about instagram all i hear about with instagram is uh what do they call them influencers yeah is that they have oh we're we're uh, a company that matches up uh people who want to market to uh to uh people who are uh influencers on instagram so you can get someone to shill for your product by like posting on Instagram about it. That's how they're making all the money. Yep. Actually, I was listening to... This is bad, too. I've been listening to local uh, news and radio more. And so I've been listening to Bloomberg Radio. Then to get completely off the topic of It's still media, I guess. We're, we're still talking about media. Um, which is the local talk radio station. It's an FM talk station we have here. Um, and they had so i was listening to the financial analysis and they're talking about the stocks i think it was the the stock of, of home depot they're saying oh well, with the pandemic uh um you know we've seen a real boost in in uh the valuation of home depot and look you and i the two guys on the radio are saying yeah we were both smart and we invested in early and uh so what are we going to do to uh how w- not everyone has our insight what can we explain to the uh the people out there who uh who might be interested in investing in yours well you know uh, um the uh, the stock for home depot is going to keep going up and uh you know a year from now it'll be worth more than it is so you know don't worry about the the short turn ups and downs just buy stock in home depot is basically and, and i'm sitting there saying okay these assholes are sitting on the radio saying hey we invested heavily in this company and now we're going on the radio and telling you that, that what you need to do is invest in this so our stock uh, our stock gets uh, valued higher by other people buying it and within and so that was like my lunch break after work i listened to the the station was still on so i'm driving home and i heard someone talking about they now they're talking about walmart and they say well you know walmart's going to get hit with uh, uh because as soon as the stimulus payments dry up people will stop spending money at a at a walmart because they won't be getting their paycheck protection program funds and all this and i said well you assholes so basically your analysis is that Walmart is going to take a hit, but Home Depot is not going to have any uh, any impact by the same thing. You know, it's what's the difference? Well, the difference is they admit on the air they say, "Oh, we've personally invested in these companies that we're shilling for," and they're not personally invested in the ones they're not. So it's like, come on, and there's no disclosure. They never say it. I guess they said on the show, you know, but if you weren't listening for it, if you were listening, saying, "Hmm, where should I invest my money?" Well, First off, you're an idiot, but. Seemed like it was just a native ad for whatever they wanted to push.
1: Yeah, not really surprised by any of that, honestly.
0: Anyway, that year, the first iPod hit the shelves, and a little fish named Nemo hit movie screens across the country, and our computers became the top sellers in the world. We even opened stores of our own to meet the demand. You might have been to one. They're called Best Buys. (laughs) Oh, Steve. You joker.
1: Oh, so you were listening to Monday's episode of Grumpy Old Ben's, right? I don't know what days they recorded. I uh,
0: it could have been. I think it was the. I was listening to the most recent one earlier today, but you know, yeah, just that over, would
1: have been Mondays. I'll listen to it over
0: my lunch break. So I, I don't know how far I got. I probably got half an hour in because that's how long I took for lunch.
1: Well, do you hear any of the stuff about Epic Games versus Apple? Oh, they were talking about that. So
0: we were talking. Yeah. uh They were talking about. Yeah. Well, uh had his giant spiel ten out. I, I shouldn't complain. I
1: don't yeah, know. My co- presenting's better. He covered better. everything I wa- He covered everything I was originally planning to cover on here. Yeah, he had. But uh, then, but, but then, then, something happened on what? show day. Apple, Apple threatened to cut off uh, Epic's access to developer tools in the first place. That would, that would have the, uh, that would have like in the end mean that pretty much every game that uses the unreal engine would no longer be available on ios not just epic's own games Hmm. and so epic actually filed for a restraining order to prevent apple from doing that so shit's getting serious (laughs) that should be fun to watch yeah i'm i've definitely got my popcorn out for this
0: i have uh I've not been that involved with game, like proper game dev. So I, I understand I, Unreal I Engine is incredibly prevalent these days because what do they basically give it away?
1: Yeah, well, I, I read through Epic's complaint versus Apple, like the actual legal document that was filed. Mm-hmm. And I think they do have a pretty strong case. Now, some of the things that they've done as part of this like that uh, in-app purchase stunt probably doesn't help them any, but the claims themselves, uh, I think the reason they did that was really just to to have more cause for filing, because if they just fi- if they just filed without doing that first, it would be all theoretical. Whereas having done that, Fortnite getting kicked out of the store and now Apple threatening like this. It's really building up the case that Apple is a monopolist and that uh, and that uh, they are going to end up getting uh, getting Microsoft in court. Microsoft did Microsoft
0: did like when they had you're, yeah. t- you're referring to their like anti-trust DOJ case? versus
1: Microsoft back yeah.
0: in the 90s. Where they had uh, what was that about? That was about the Internet Explorer, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, that was about that was about bundling Internet Explorer. <laughs> but at least, at least, at least Microsoft didn't prevent you from using other browsers. They just screwed with the companies that were making the other browsers. In this case, it's not just that Apple's screwing with the companies that c- that wanna have their own IAP instead of paying the Apple tax but even preventing people from being able to add add their own app stores or add apps on the side, which you could always do with macOS and with uh, Windows and every other operating system out there. Oh, and then there was this article that I found from BGR, bgr.com, and they are willing slaves to monopolist beast, as I as I put it. They're saying they were saying in their article, and I quote: "Of course, sideloading apps shouldn't be advised. That's not possible on iPhone, and it's probably something Google should close up as well." Oh boy! Yeah. So these guys are totally taking up taking like monopolist dick up the ass or something.
0: Yeah. Well, I've always been. Uh, j- this is gonna cycle back to some of the. The DRM kinds of conversations we've had, where, you know, if I if I buy the device or if I have the uh, the file, you know, do I have a right to break the encryption on? Do I have the the right to, uh, you know, sideload an app if I want to? Can I force myself to without, you know, or or can I force my way in without uh, them suing me for it? And it seems like the thing they've always wanted to do is to stop you from being able to modify the code on their device. So it's just like, hey, we're just gonna lock it down, and you're not gonna run anything unless it's our code signed by us or uh, someone who's paid us Mm -hmm. and there's technical reasons why that's not i don't know it's uh i guess it could be feasible but you know it's currently not you can still get code executing on these things and especially if you want to have developers work on it you have to have a way to execute your own code on it but it just seems like that's, but that's, the, about, that's the thing about they it. want. They want to go to, like, the Nintendo 64 days where you got the uh, the dev kit from Nintendo or, you know, Playsta- early PlayStation days where you got the dev kit from them and only people who are licensed to uh, to develop could develop. And, yeah. Because they controlled the hardware. If they didn't and like you, what, you could make a game. That's what
1: Apple does. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, well. I thought the... Uh, information age the internet age was going to equalize us all so i can make an app for anything
1: uh no not as long as apple's around yeah and under under tim cook they've been even worse than uh, than they were under steve jobs for that sort of thing
0: yeah i haven't uh haven't had a lot of love for apple in my technical career i've never had any love for apple i did like uh i'll tell you what i did with one of my first... It might have been my second paycheck. Um, pretty early on, I went and bought a, a iPod. It was one of the first things I bought. Say so the iPod... Uh, it was brand new. I think it was one of the fifth... Uh, was it the fifth generation? Or was it the one before? That? It doesn't matter. But it was... Uh, I kept that thing for a long time. It was nice. The only but- good
1: thing to come out of Apple since the Macintosh was launched was HyperCard.
0: I'm not familiar with that at all. I mean, I've heard the name, but I'm not a dude named Ben, so some of this stuff goes over my head.
1: well was uh, a really interesting way of making, like, deck-based applications. So, like, you could do simple database stuff with that. You could do, like, you could make, like, a visual novel or an adventure game in it. Uh, very, very interesting, very graphical design apps but it was like back in the early black and white 60 68k mac days Hmm. i don't think it ever even made the transition to power pc jeez yeah you should do uh ancient history are you ever
0: going to do that uh was it you want to do grumpy old ben's retro technology
1: is that ever gonna happen Yeah, one day it's gonna happen darren (laughs) Ryan, come on, guys. Come on, man. Come on. (laughs) Come on. Come on, man.
0: Oh, one more thing. Let's fucking party.
1: Oh, by the way, going, staying on games as well, there was one other interesting thing that happened just recently that I wanted to mention. Sure. So have you ever heard of, have you ever heard of RetroArch? RetroArch? arch. Yeah. Is it a
0: Linux distro?
1: No, actually, it's, it's my, a, my guess. <laughs> it's a, it's like a media center application, but for emulators. Hmm. No. So, like, there's different emulator cores it can run, so you can play like all these. Put uh, like main all these older games.
0: Is it they made their own, re-implemented their own emulators, or is it just like a launch launcher for a bunch of other emulators?
1: It's kind of in the middle. Like the the emulators, they're all cores the cores are all developed by other projects generally, and they just bring it in and build them as uh as like cores that can be loaded and unloaded for the different platforms.
0: Okay. So if I got a Neo if I wanted to emulate Neo Geo handheld uh color, then I could uh
1: if there's write a core for that, sure. Yeah. But anyway, the core of the project also is called Libretro, and that's also the name of the of the organization that develops it all. So anyway, on Saturday, somebody uh, made an attack against their build server and their GitHub organization. Uh oh. And based on, based on the information that they've provided, it looks like whoever was doing this was proxying through aws to do it so that
0: means there's what there's going to be a record at a on some amazon log saying who who got in that Possibly. they can subpoena out so what was the attack oh, what they would they do
1: so they ended up completely uh wrecking all the software on their build server which also includes their update and netplay services okay and multiple repositories in their GitHub organization were reset. So somebody went and pretty much deleted deleted uh, everything from them and pushed up empty commits to more or less erase the content of those repos. Jeez. Yeah. Well, that's a day wrecker. Oh, yeah. And then apparently GitHub can't or won't restore those repositories.
0: It might be possible. They just can't. I mean, they don't they warn you? I, I don't think I've ever tried to completely delete anything on GitHub, but it uh, seems like they'd warn you and say, hey, this is un- irreversible. If you, if you do well, this, we're we, not going to let you get anything back.
1: The question is how, uh, how GitHub works on the inside. If it's actual proper get repositories then it's possible the stuff's recoverable anyways but otherwise it's or at least some but otherwise it's like if they're using some sort of custom storage for everything then it's all up in the air and who knows if someone has oh i'm sorry fortunately so long as the repos themselves uh, still have copies on other people's machines. Yeah, they can restore them, but it means like they've got to do all this manually. Find who has, find who has them, give them the uh, permissions to push the to push into those repos. Yeah, and try and rebuild that way. Which so is, which is, I mean, that's the whole idea with distributed uh, version control, anyways. It allows you to do something like that, but the fact is. I'm thinking it's more GitHub won't rather than can't.
0: Aren't they owned by uh, Microsoft now? Yeah. Well, there you go. I shouldn't say that. I don't think Microsoft's... uh, Some of their...
1: uh, Microsoft's always been good to developers.
0: Yeah. I was going to say some of their stuff, like when I was doing... Um, some game dev for I can't remember the name of the package they had. They had some um, really old; it's obsolete now. Like game dev packages for like developing uh, Xbox uh, games. I think it was Xbox 360. We got uh, I think that was the first one you could do. What was it called? XDA. I think it was called XDA, where you could put something together in C sharp and actually get it to run on the uh, on the Xbox. We did that as a XNA. Target.
1: XNA yeah yeah I know because I used it for a few uh for a few things
0: I did it for a, a school project when I was doing uh I, it wasn't even for this I was doing a c class I had c and c++ for a couple of classes and then I think I did two semesters of that but then uh it was for some other project I ended up doing it in uh uh c sharp it was a game because it was it was one of these labs you could do whatever you want so I made a game but uh, back then, it was pretty uh, easy. You know, you could go up, you could get um, their SDK, and you could get a copy of, um, I don't know what's it called? Their uh, Visual Studio. You got yep. a bunch of stuff for free if you were a student, too, so they were nice to me, at least. I think if you had a student email address, you could go on and get a copy of all their uh, professional uh, development tools, which is how they get you. They. MATLAB oh, does yeah. that too. Uh, MATLAB does it and there's some other uh, pieces of software. They go to the universities and they, they say, oh, well, you know, if you're a student, you can use it for free and they get everyone trained up. So that's what they know. Instead of learning, um, you know, the Python uh, variant, instead of having Anaconda or something like that, you know, open source alternative to uh, to MATLAB. And then when everyone gets out in the world, that's what they ask for when they get a job. So they say, well, I know MATLAB. You've got you've to get a MATLAB license.
1: Well, those that uh, those that aren't good enough to figure out other stuff on their own. Yeah.
0: Well, it's kind of sad how where uh, that sort of thing is.
1: Yeah. Well, that's the that's a modern education system for you. Yeah. We're not we're not teaching people how to learn and improve themselves. We're just giving them a particular set of skills and saying. Just stick with this, whatever makes you feel comfortable, and if anybody else uh, asks you to do something else, whine until they give in. And, and then we end up with noodle people everywhere.
0: I've been studying the, uh, I don't know what to call it, I, not ancient uh, technology, because it sounds like that's the, uh, that YouTube channel with the guy... You ever see him where he goes out in the the woods? I think he's an Australian guy and he makes like clay pot. He has nothing. He's like he has a pair of shorts and he's like, "Well, I'm going to cut down some trees and build a cabin and he's going to make pottery out of the clay he digs up from the riverbed. He's trying to get into metallurgy." <laughs> Do you ever see that guy? I think it was primitive technology on YouTube. No. No.
1: That's something that no. fascinated me. That sounds that sounds definitely interesting to me though.
0: It's uh it's humbling, actually, when you watch some of this and realize just how much we stand on the shoulder, what they call it, standing on the shoulders of giants, that everything around us is based on uh, you know, our, our heritage of thousands and, and tens of thousands of years of technology that was just improved continuously, and it was... Uh, <sighs> Actually, I had a story I was going to bring up that kind of relates to this. Um, I was going to I was going to talk about this with Matt, uh, but I didn't message him back. But they're doing a uh, change in the definition of the foot in some states. So there's a I didn't see this in the main news, but I saw a note from it from uh, from uh, National Institute of Standards and Technology um, where they're changing the definition of a foot. Um, to reduce the precision by, like, two decimal places. So it's going from the official definition used to be, like, eight decimal places, and now it's only six decimal places. Um, So now the international... One of the standards is the international foot, and one is the U.S. survey foot. And the... uh, Just the history of being able to make an accurate measurement is is wild. That's one of the things I liked about Matt, Maps with Matt, too. He's just talking about them trying to make measurements of fundamental physical things like what's the radius of the earth and if you look in yeah. the his if you look at the history of like the meter and trying to standardize units across nations you know back in the 1700s and the 1800s so it's every all the different civilizations have their own uh, standard for uh, for length and so you have to know how to transfer between it but then even if you go from uh, from one particular port to uh and you say oh i loaded you know so many cubits of rope or something like that uh, in length and you agree oh we're going to ship it to you for some money and you get there and they measure it and they say well sure you short changed me well it's because their standard for for measurement even though it's still a cubit it might be a different size and so they led to uh all these discrepancies in in uh trade and so the romans i think the romans had their uh their standards and england was whenever they set up a, a port they would send people over with their standards is my understanding but then when they settled on the meter people all had to go in i think france had the uh the i think it was platinum is what it was supposed to be made out of um then later on they, they made them out of metals that were better because they didn't change with temperature but they had uh ships that they would send in the 1800s uh congress would send uh people from the USGS uh team to go m- basically measure their meter stick against the french meter stick um to uh, to see how close it was in length but i don't know how how deep in the weeds uh if this is boring uh stop me but the, uh, you can't, the, the way they measured it was kind of wild. They had this whole contraption they had to put together that was primitive technology um, to measure the absolute length of a meter bar where they had to measure it. You couldn't just line them up and put them on a table together and say, hey, well, they look the same. They wanted to make very accurate, like extremely accurate measurements in the 1800s of um, the length of rods so you know so you can develop standards and check them and and everything and so they had a pendulum system they had to make where it had this double jointed pendulum and it turns out that if you make the the pendulum in a certain shape then the number of uh cycles you know the number of swings it has um in a period of time uh hope i get this right it's only dependent on the strength of local gravity so if you're you know where you are in the world and the length of the 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 uh the sample you're testing and so they were doing this in the 1800s is basically the device that they were using to measure the meter stick they actually developed to measure the gravitational fields because they knew gravity was changing in different parts of the world back then and so they would take the same device and they measure it and say well we believe this is how it's working we can measure the strength of g you know 9.8 meters per second squared uh but we want to measure at different points in the world and find out, oh, there's a you know, fractional percentage difference between France and between uh, America. And so what that means, just to take the long story around, you couldn't make a device to measure the United States meter standard in the United States and measure it and then compare it to the measurements in France because they might have different gravitational pers- uh, potentials. And so in the... Uh, height of atlantic piracy when uh you have all these people you know america's kind of known there's people privateer i don't know if they had privateers though i think that was the barbary uh wars were going on i might have all my dates wrong i'm not a historian but this is this is the way i understand this story we had people sailing across the atlantic for the, to for the sole purpose of making these measurements uh because they uh I think the the original story was just people were suing each other over boundaries, and they needed a standard. But because the uh, the local gravity had to be the same for the two measurements, they had to measure them in the same place. So they all had to go to France. I think they went to Paris. They went to somewhere in France to do it.
1: it Saint Cloud, I think.
0: Oh, I've actually never Which been there. Near
1: so. enough to Paris.
0: But that's the stuff that I like. Is uh. And you think about what had to go into... First, someone had to develop this theory of uh, gravity and have a mathematical expression for it, and then you have these people studying pendulums and the motions of double pendulums and all this stuff that seems so superfluous, but it's, uh, it's all this progression of technology and making more and more accurate measurements to the point where we can, uh, you know, develop things like uh, CPUs with, you know, Ten nanometer. I don't know what they're down to now. Forty. I, I had a processor that was forty-five nanometer lithography on it, and so they're talking about what the uh, the resolution of the the uh, the structures on the chip that that uh, actually do the processing. It's uh you know, like I said, standing on the shoulders of giants. I think it's fascinating. It's stuff. And so when I heard uh, maps with Matt, I was like, oh, this is the stuff that gets me hard i I, get, I gotta get him to make more shows because he's he seems like he's on the same wavelength that i am about this where you just get super excited about it
1: yeah it it's uh honestly i like the artifacts more than the definitions based on physical content uh, not contents. on uh physical like, constants yeah because the because you look at the numbers for these uh for these uh, physical constants and it's like, everything's way out there. Like all these weird values.
0: Well, Tim, I work in a field where I do a lot of measurement. So that's actually my prime. I said, I'm not a dude named Ben. That's what I do actually do is yeah. I measure physical things. So that's, I guess it's a good fit for me because stuff like, uh, I
1: don't but know. No, I mean, the, like, the, I mean, like how long is a second? And the second is defined as the duration of 9,192,631,770 periods of the radiation corresponding to the transition between the two hyperfine levels of the ground state of the ksm 133 atom. Yeah. What the fuck? That's, um,
0: they defined, I don't, was it cesium? yeah casium isn't it i don't know the um the other one that the one that i'm more familiar with is uh the definition for meter i mean because we're talking about meters they used to have uh some standards and then they defined it as it's like a a integer number of wavelengths of the some emission line of krypton i've got it
1: right in front of me
0: it was krypton something was some one million six hundred fifty thousand seven hundred
1: sixty-three point seven three wavelengths in vacuum of the radiation corresponding to the transition between the two p ten and the five d five quantum levels of the krypton eighty-six.
0: Yeah, album. krypton eighty-six.
1: That was. And uh... now it's actually defined as the distance traveled by light in vacuum in one two hundred ninety nine million seven ninety two thousand four hundred fifty eighths yeah, yeah. of a second
0: it's actually funny because in practice so that's just uh the the definition of uh, if you have frequencies and and wavelengths and vacuum and then and you know the phase velocity is the speed of light it's uh they're just defining a meter as one over how far does light travel in in uh In one One but it's funny so when you're in the metric system you have these these funny crazy numbers you know what it is in uh in uh, feet what's in feet it's a foot per nanosecond so if you say hey i've got two antennas uh you know uh, what's the delay between them if i emit a wave how long does it take uh to to show up at the other antenna well it depends on how far they are okay so uh what's the well it's one one nanosecond a foot and it just turns out it's like a funny thing. So I know the uh, the metric Nazis hate the idea of mixing nanoseconds and foot, but that's what actually happens in labs when you have people talking about it. You say, "Well, uh, it's it's so much a, a simpler way to think about it." So we, have, in practice, I mix it all the time.
1: <sighs> Indeed. It's <sighs> weird shit.
0: Oh, it's fun. I like it. I was
1: gonna. It's d- definitely interesting.
0: I'm not going to d- deny that. I was going to do a whole spiel on color, but I kind of cut it out because I was... Uh, I, I've been trying to get some good clips, and so if I'm going to do something like this, uh, I want to have some material I can play as background. And I was going through LibriVox because they have um, actually produced audio versions of some of these old texts, um, like the original theory of color book is one that I was listening to and they have ones on, you know, the original texts of the original like quote unquote giants. Um, and you can hear people read their own words or translations of their own words. Cause most of these guys are, you know, Italian or something, but, um, the problem German. is, th- yeah, or German. The, uh, the narration is so mixed. Like some of it is, uh, some of it's kind of cool. Uh, like they have some voices are kind of spooky, slow voices that might actually be better on the Nick the Rat show. They're talking about weird stuff, but then sometimes it's just un it's unlistenable. The uh, the quality varies so much, so I couldn't get a good clip of that. But I was going to talk about color instead. But
1: yeah, for me, when I generally think about uh, colors, it's uh, it's more in the matter of. How can how can we increase the gamut on my monitors so that they can both show better range of color as well as not have like different colors from one screen to the other for the same uh, for the same triplet yeah that's um
0: i was reading papers on on that when all the old literature refers to the phosphors and so they say the purpose of the gamma correction is to uh, the non-linearity non-linear of the phosphors. And they say, oh, they're talking about CRT monitors. So I, I have no idea how color correction works and color uh, calibration works on a modern system. I have just no clue. I've never even done it on an old system, but at least I had some concept of how it would be done. Here, I don't know what the deal is. Well, like if you buy a monitor, how accurate is the color? Like if you just go to Best Buy. One of those Apple stores, Best Buy and you buy a, a random monitor off the shelf how accurate is the color on it i don't know it seems like it should be pretty good but
1: well you would think you would think with uh with leds you'd be able to LEDs. have consistent color <laughs> and more or less you can the problem is we're not at the point where we can produce uh, full led screens like my 24 inch monitors without it still being like tens of thousands of dollars per screen that's why these are still like liquid crystal with uh with just a single big lead backlight yeah and then you end up with like a lot of color fade and stuff compared to crt where you where there was still some issues with the consistency of the phosphors, but uh it was still a lot better in terms of the color, the colors' richness than it, with an LCD.
0: The refresh rate was higher, so you get those frames. Who is the guy from? Uh, it was Doug? They where you need to bring your CRT. You got to bring your CRT to the uh, uh, QuakeCon. No LEDs here, no LCD screens. <laughs> They're too slow, so you could have the giant. lug around the giant CRT because it's more accurate those frames no, that's not
1: an issue anymore
0: no nah. I, mean, I, I remember that though i remember people would still ha- haul those around even when they were quote obsolete
1: for, oh like, yeah to play counter-strike have, you know too. some but of those like, these days we can uh like i think like 240 hertz on a on an lcd screen is doable yeah you're not going to be doing that over uh over an analog vga connection mind you But you should be able to do that no problem with HDMI.
0: A lot of... uh, There's some projection uh, TVs that are still around, but I think most of them have gone the way of the dinosaur. Then Plasma, I don't... I don't hear about Plasma anymore. Are those just technologies that are going to fade into the sunset?
1: I think Plasma has already, yeah.
0: Yeah. I had had a first-gen one, and I ended up throwing it out, but I heard they got better after. Uh, I got it for free from a friend, so it wasn't that bad, but... The uh, the thing with the plasma TVs, at least this particular one, I, I looked it up online, it turns out, it, it always had a buzz, so you'd turn it on, and after it was cooking for a while, um, I'd just hear a tone, like a really, I don't know, like a 14 kilohertz tone in the room, and it would drive me insane, I couldn't watch anything, and uh, it turned out when they were manual you know, the plasma TV works as these um, glass uh, balls full of gas, and then, uh, to cut a long story short, they the way they emit light is they excite the gas inside. Uh, but they're actually closed, sealed um, uh, little balls. And when they construct the TV at sea level in Korea, it's fine. But then when you bring it up to altitude, a mile high in Denver, they deform a little bit. And so this, the, uh, the grid that they're on kind of gets pushed out just a little bit. And it's just enough that... Uh, uh, it deforms the the uh, the array enough, and then something happens with the uh, the refresh uh, signal, and it just bleeds through. Or you know, it's just and it, it makes that tone, which is completely uh, destroys me. Maybe my hearing's fallen off enough since then; it wouldn't bother me. But the uh, the fourteen it, kilohertz is pretty.
1: Well, you wouldn't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, and they don't even make them manufacture them anymore. Yep. Yeah, so you have—they're more expensive than LCDs, and had the same sort of crappy contrast as an LCD. So as soon as as LCDs became uh, became cheap enough, right, and OLED uh, full flat panels became available for the people with the money. There's no more reason to make plasma displays,
0: yeah and projectors are gone i I saw one in the wild uh like in the back of a pizzeria <laughs> and those are all burned uh, they have burning problems and the projectors get misaligned and they're too big anyway but we had one uh, when I was growing up and it had uh they it had the prominence channels uh were misaligned or maybe it was just the blue channel got misaligned um and so I remember watching uh, like Stargate on TV and you'd have like a ghost on the screen for everything you saw that was shifted kind of down and to the right for uh, the, you know, it's like watching something with the the blue channel shifted. It looks like you should be putting on 3d glasses, you know,
1: <laughs> maybe.
0: Yeah. Well, it's good stuff. I like color. Yeah. Let's talk more about color sometime. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do a rant.
1: See who out nerds who.
0: <laughs> no, I want to I save some stuff for. I, I need to get a hold of Matt and talk to him about color spaces and not color spaces, uh, color maps. I was reading a whole article about it today.
1: Well, Ex- just keep in mind, there's already, there's already a, a whole queue of uh, topic suggestions for him that he needs to get through. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, what what's on the queue for him? Do you know?
1: Oh, I've suggested a few things with uh, historic like medieval maps and with like Canada's topo map system, things like that. I'm sure he's got I'm sure he's got a list written down somewhere of all the ideas that he's been sent or at least he should. Since last week's show, I've actually had Emacs constantly open so I could add notes for stuff to bring up on the show whenever anything interesting tied to our concept shows up.
0: Hmm. I've got a notepad that I left on my kitchen table. I wrote on it, Dutch woman with power gloves, wings of honey mayonnaise, (laughs) rubber. I wrote that after we were talking after the show. Oh, last Robert. episode, you t- did. Did I tell you about that? You were talking about people getting killed by tires in Canada, and I yeah did a uh, complete disservice uh, to everything I, I hold dear by not bringing up the movie Rubber as a the perfect segue <laughs> into the rest of the show. This was this. Uh, Do you ever hear of it?
1: Yeah, you were talking about it uh, after the show.
0: Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a movie that's absolutely worth watching. It is surreal. It's about a tire that comes to life and kills people. Um, n- not necessarily by bashing them in the head, but it's a sentient tire with, uh, psychic powers. And he goes around. He's like, you can watch the trailer for it. Watch the, the, the tire, like he's rolling along on its own in the desert. And he see a bunny, bunny rabbit and he starts shaking and, and, uh, these psychic, uh, whirring sounds starting, and the bunny explodes. <laughs> the tire becomes a murderer. But, mm-hmm. that was one of those great, bad, it's a good, bad movie. Uh, it's up there with, uh, Troll Hunter, and, uh, Steakland was another good one, you know, if you've ever seen any of those. I don't know, I, I'm not just gonna name a bunch of movies. Hobo with a Shotgun, yeah, I could go on. It's some good stuff. We should do a bad movie show. If you we share the should. same the same joy of uh, these good bad movies, so bad
1: it's good films. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It oh, looks like we're hitting. Well, I'm our, out of
1: topics. Yeah,
0: looks like we're yeah. hitting our witching hour here. Seems to be oh, a little yep. long today. That's good. I've yeah. been thinking just for. Before we close the show, I've been thinking about uh, live streaming a little bit. I don't have the infrastructure set up, but it could be set up. Um, I went to... Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it last show, or but I've got uh, my upload speed my download speed are all fixed at my house, so I should be able to get some decent, uh, decent enough bandwidth to do something useful. So I'm going to look into that before the next episode and see if I can jump on and... I'm, I'm going to have my own IceCast. Well, should, what should I use? Let me ask you. Um, we're we're not using ShoutCast, are we? Still using like the IceCast UDP? Is that what people use these
1: days? I have no idea. Honestly, yeah. you'd be having to ask uh, Fletcher and Bemrose.
0: Yeah, I I did some streaming once, but I, I'm gonna have to look into what it's gonna take to get a stream that I can. Basically, what I'm gonna want is a stream I could tweet out and say, "Hey, come listen," and hopefully people will be able to hear what I'm saying on it. So I might do a test run this week, maybe this weekend. I'll uh, I'll pop up for an hour or two and play some music and see if I can get things sorted out. All right. And then you can all, because I've always said uh, listening to a podcast live is a huge responsibility. So I'm going to say, now you can take responsibility and listen to us live. Mm-hmm. Which would be... Uh, I'm
1: not going to be able to listen to Sunday's uh, No Agenda live this week, though. I'm going to be off doing uh, doing some gaming at my brother's. Uh-huh. Yeah. If all goes according to plan, it'll be Kingdom Death Monster for a whole day.
0: Well, I hope you have fun with that. I've got a. Uh, oh, I will. I've got my uh, my plans for the weekend. I think aren't so fabulous, but I, I'm gonna find some time to do some work for the podcast. Um, do we have an update? Just last thing, I swear. Um, do we have an update with the website?
1: It's still that. Uh, it's still that crappy one is
0: it um you mentioned something about getting html uh you html yeah, the show note, something
1: the show notes now look nice with the working links and everything in them on the on the website okay cool is there something i'm
0: gonna have to do to embed them in the uh the mp3 file or do they does the podcast generator do that
1: no we're just not bothering sticking them in the mp3 file they're just going to be in the feed okay now well, that's fine yeah, makes life easier for us.
0: Okay, any uh, any last business on your end?
1: Not that I can think of. Oh my God. Not my chin, not my problem. That's what I say.
0: That's what I say. Well, for a Rare Encounter, I've been able.
1: I've been cold-assin.
0: Yep, catch y'all later.